Welcome to My Status Cup of Tea, the podcast, where we talk to different doctors about their field of work, experiences, and the steps they took to get to where they are today. I am CJ. And I am Laika. And we are your hosts for today's session. Join us as we hear about the journey towards getting that degree straight from an MD and learn how you can follow in their footsteps as a future doctor. This podcast is powered by UP Pre-Med Society Baguio. Co-presented by Kiraya PH. The UPLB Society of Pre-Med Students UP Subol Society Baguio UP Namnama Baguio UP Sikat UP Biology Society And brought to you by Simply Hope Today is a very, very special day because today is our very first episode of My Status Cup of Tea, the podcast. So, syempre, since this is our first episode, we also have a very, very special guest. Joining us today is a graduate of the St. Louis University School of Medicine. He has been practicing ophthalmology for seven years. He is also the Chief of Training Officer for the Department of Ophthalmology and the External Disease and Cornea Consultant of Baguio General Hospital and Medical Center at present. Let us welcome Dr. Carlo Leandro R. Egama. Hi, good morning to everybody. Good morning, good morning to your viewers. Hello, Doc. How Mabuti naman, thanks for asking. I hope you guys are doing well as well. Thank you so much for lending your time, Wadong. Um, we would first ask, yung madalas na tinatanong sa inyo, what made you want to become a doctor? Uh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, tama nga, no? that's a very common question. Well, like, uh, both of my parents are doctors. So, I was really exposed to the profession even at a very young age. Uh, and, Initially, I really wanted to be a chef. After I graduated high school, that was one of the things that I wanted to become. But deep inside, you know, some, something was really telling me that I really wanted to be a doctor instead. And I think that was inculcated in me since I was young. You know, just being exposed to the profession, you know, hearing your parents talk about their job, talk about their patients. And when you hear that a lot, you, you start to think that, or you start to you notice that maybe this is the right profession for me. So, medyo calling in po pala talaga maging doctor. Um, how was your med school experience po? Any difficulties encountered? Oh, okay, yeah. But for one, what you said, no, calling, it sounds like a cliche when you say it's a calling because for some, it's really not a calling. Eh. It's, it's actually a profession that you really need to dedicate your heart and your time, your passion into it. So, it, you're, you, you're very lucky if it's your calling because you really want to do it. And I admire people who, you know, soldier on to, 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 to further this profession. But to go back to your question, uh, you're asking me about a difficult moment in my med school, correct? Yes, well. Okay, well, we started out, uh, the batches before us, they, I think they numbered around 80 to 90 to 120 students and then when we started our med school unfortunately that was also the boom for nursing back then well where everybody was going into nursing so we only had 54 students in my batch uh, that being said imagine the number from 100 plus medical clerks or medical students down to around 54 that's already half and with that number, we were, we were still expected to do the same amount of job. So we were, we were doing around twice 
no? twice the load. We were carrying twice the load, if you could put it that way. And then during clerkship, clerkship is actually your fourth year in medical school, wherein you you rotate in the hospital in different departments. And there was this very humbling experience for me uh, during my rotation in the Department of Internal Medicine. So there were only around four to five people in our group. And at one time, if you have to go on duty, there's only around three people manning three different places in the hospital in the Department of Internal Medicine. So during that time, I was assigned in the ICU. And I remember vividly there were around six patients in the ICU who I had to monitor every 15 minutes. And there were around, I think, 10 patients outside the ICU who I had to monitor every hour. And I think another 10 patients located in another ward who I had to monitor every four hours. So the amount of work was, for me, unbelievable. And sleep is just a dream during that time. So this, this really, this is a very humbling experience for me. You are presented with a lot of work that you need to do, you need to accomplish, and you can complain because you know, you're monitoring these patients and the, the other parts of the team for managing the patients are relying on your reports of your vital signs, your reports from the wards. So it's a very humbling experience being be, be, becoming someone very low in the hierarchy in the treatment of a patient, experiencing that, and now being on top, you know, I can apply this in training also my residents. So it's a really good experience to experience that. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned kanina po. Ay, you mentioned kanina na yung to call medicine as a calling. Parang isa siya heavy term to to call it parang ganun po. So you have to really want it as you said, parang kailangan niyo po ng deep passion for it. So nung pumipili po kayo ng specialty ninyo, nung pumipili po kayo kung saan niyo po i-devote yung the years of your medical experience. What were your choices then? Tsaka paano po kayo nakapag-decide na ah, ophthalmology, I want this? Alright. Okay. So let me tell, tell you a story. Uh, I had my daughter when I was 17 years old. And back then I was still an, an undergrad in UP Baguio. I was second year then. Okay. So I had my daughter 17 Unfortunately, during the delivery of my daughter, yung eyes niya natamaan for some reason. It's a forceps delivery. And then she had a problem with her eye. Okay, so during that time, syempre, the doctors or the ophthalmologists or the eye doctors were telling us what to do, what to expect. And, you know, being a 17-year-old, you really don't understand what's happening. Okay, so that's the background. Now, during, during medical school, I was thinking I really wanted to go into surgery. Specifically, uh, a TCVS surgeon. That's what I wanted to become. But during that time, they were transitioning from a four-year training period into a five-year training period. And thinking back then, that I really, I already, already had my daughter during that time, and I was thinking that maybe time is not on my side. I wanted to take a shorter, shorter training program. Okay, so that being said, I did actually enter in internal medicine uh, first. And during my first six months there, I, you know, I, I found out that maybe this wasn't the right specialty for me. 
Okay, so I actually had to resign from that training program. And then I went back to the to my previous story of you know not being able to understand my daughter's condition, and then started to think that maybe ophthalmology was the the right specialty for me. Uh, so I did apply in ophthalmology, and uh, what was good was I really enjoyed my training. So that's why I'm here today and finished my training program. Yeah, so. Gabe, ano nagulat rin po ako na ganun po pala yung reason. So, akala ko po parang ay ito lang yung preferred ko. Gusto ko lang matry ganun. Pero ayun naman po. So, you've been practicing ophthalmology for seven years na po, no? So, dito as a seasoned ophthalmologist, paano po ba masasabi na ah, ano, what is it like to be an ophthalmologist? Okay. Uh, being an ophthalmologist is actually very fulfilling. For one, we don't deal that much with death, right? So most of the specialty, you know, they have patients who die, and that's actually very taxing. For us, we don't deal with that so much. Uh, it's very fulfilling because for us, uh, the things that we do are sometimes the 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 uh wait um, I, I can't find the right term but yeah but the results are quite fast so if let's say if you have a patient with a cataract and then you operate on this patient the downtime is very there, there's almost no downtime that immediately after the operation the patient can see the patient is very happy very thankful smiling you know, so it's very very fulfilling to see this for our patients and plus, like I said, the fact that you don't have to deal with death all the time, although you, we have a, same, a different set of problem, you know, it's, it's different when you have a patient who's crying just because he lost his vision. So we, I actually equate that a little bit about, you know, telling a person that, that, that maybe there's nothing you can do for, for, for him regarding his condition and he might, there's a possibility of dying. So I equate a person with uh, losing losing his vision to something similar to that. Yeah, but I often being an ophthalmologist is very fulfilling. I see. I see. <laughs> Thank you for making us see. I know one po. <laughs> Wait, Doc, is it okay to ask po, um what are the pros and cons of being an ophthalmologist? Alright, uh okay. Uh pros like I said it's very fulfilling. Mabilis yung Mabilis yung, well, mabilis yung fulfillment. Paulit-ulit yung words, but mabilis yung fulfillment. If you have a patient who cannot see, uh, you operate on this patient. If there's a cataract, then the patient can see. patient instantly loves you. Parang ganon. So those are the pros of being an ophthalmologist. The cons, uh, siguro if there is really one con, is is just the amount of investment. You know, the, the, the amount of money that you need to invest to be able to just to start your clinic okay they, it's better now because some of the manufacturers coming from China coming from India are offering uh, cheaper equipment compared to those coming from Germany Europe the US or Japan uh, so the investment is a little bit big to be able to start a clinic but aside from that I don't see any other cons in being an ophthalmologist. Uh, another pro is actually we have less emergencies. No? 
we'll have less emergencies. We do have ocular emergencies, but the emergencies that you see in TV, we see less of that. Okay, and then I would say we get more sleep than other doctors. We get more sleep compared to the other doctors. Uh, and aside from that, I guess that's it. Sana all po maraming tulog. Huwag <laughs> <laughs> ka kasing mag-social media. <laughs> Noted po. <laughs> so yung sabi niyo nga po kanina, yung setup ng ophthalmology is hindi siya ganun ka-hectic kagaya po ng ibang ibang specialties. Tapos, pero in general, a lifestyle of a doctor is not hindi rin talaga siya far from hectic. So, Paano po ninyo na-ensure na meron pa rin po kayong time for self-care, for family time, for friends, for hobbies, for social media, ganun po? Okay. Well, when you're training to become a doctor or you're studying to become a doctor, it's, it's inevitable that most of your time is actually devoted to studying and reaching your goals. Your time is devoted to staying in the hospital and taking care of your patients. Because that's really part of the training. You, you you take you take in everything that you can learn from, so that you become a better doctor. So you definitely it is a given that you will miss a lot of family gatherings, family events, weddings, birthdays, baptisms, and outings with friends. You might actually even lose touch with your friends before medicine. Just because really a lot of your time is devoted into studying medicine. Uh, but when you actually finish training, it all boils down to time management. Okay, what time do you need to go? What time do you need to be in the hospital? What time do you start your clinic? What time do you end your clinic? Just making sure that uh, you set time for your family. So that's the most important thing. You set time for everything. Okay, and you work around your schedule. But it's actually inevitable that sometimes you, you really need to cancel a few of your things because just because you have an emergency surgery or you need to check on a patient or you need to take longer and longer time in the clinic because you have a lot of patient load or your operation which you thought would have gone just 30 minutes is now going on for two hours. So those things happen and you just have to work around it. And of course, the people in your life most of them will understand why you, why why that happens, and if they don't, you could just explain it to them why. Okay, so it's all about time management. And so you mentioned din po na yung tungkol sa time management. So ngayon pong yung setup po natin ay online ngayon po na during pandemic. Paano po nagde-differ yung experiences nyo from we were in the pre-pandemic situation and ngayon po during pandemic? Ganoon pa rin po ba yung amount of load? Paano po ninyo manage yung time ninyo? Ganun po. Okay. Pre-pandemic, uh, my thoughts pre-pandemic, my schedule then, was, schedule then was very structured. You need to be in the hospital by 8. You stay in the hospital at, uh, until around 1 p.m. Checking on patients, uh, teaching the residents, lecturing, helping in the operating room, uh, doing that sort of thing. And then after that, at around 1.30, you go to the clinic, you stay there for 1 to 5, check on your own private patients. Then after that, you go home. Okay, then somewhere in between, if you have a scheduled surgery, 
you squeeze it in in, in those office hours. Meetings then were done in the hospital face to face, so there's a preset time. So that was the typical schedule then. But now during this pandemic season, it's a little bit for me. It's a little bit uh, not that structured yet, just because we're just starting to adapt to this. So now we still have to go to the hospital at eight up to one, check on the patients, do the same things. But we rarely have conferences now because we are trying to avoid face-to-face. I still do my clinics from 1 to 5, 1.30 to 5. But the only difference now is we now started to have our conferences, our meetings uh, past 5 p.m. just because that's the time that most people are available. But the only problem there is that most people are already home. You know, that's the time you have dinner or that's the time you spend with your family. But there's also this thing called webinar fatigue when you're just tired, you're tired from you know, being in all these meetings so it's a little bit tiring but i guess if this continues we we just adapt to it and then soldier on so ayun naman po yung during your practice po sa specialty ninyo ano naman po yung most memorable or unforgettable case na you've worked on unforgettable case Opa. <laughs> okay um, so during fellowship uh, right after fellowship, uh, uh, during fellowship, we started around January. So we were taking care of a patient that was endorsed to us from the previous uh, fellows, those who trained before us. Uh, she already had lost one eye. Okay, and this was around January. She lost an eye, I think, around November then. And then January, she had one eye left. And then, for some reason, her other eye started acting out. Okay, it was progressing. It was a case of a Muren's ulcer, if I remember correctly. And it, the cornea was about to melt. And here we are, my co-fellow then, two new fellows with the help of our uh, consultants, teaching us how to manage this. Imagine imagine some doing something so complex when you just started your job a few weeks Okay, so what's what's good there is that, of course, with the guidance of our consultant, consultants, then we were able to manage this patient. We were able to give her good vision, ambulatory vision, just because the damage in her eye was so 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 much that we could only give her ambulatory vision, meaning vision that will only allow her to be able to walk around, you know, to function a little, but not not to be able to read. And since this was a very interesting case, I also had the chance to present her case in a conference in Bangkok during that time. So it was an international conference. That's why it's very memorable. And the last time I heard, I think uh, this patient was still doing well. Oh, that's great news naman po, Doc. Ayan. So, ano po? Ano lang? Parang singit ko lang po na question. So kapag po nakakaharap po kayo ng mga gantong ano, gantong situation, yung mga sudden situation na parang Kaya ko ba itong i-handle? Parang ganon yung mga, parang yung experience nyo nga po na bago pa lang kayo, nag-uumpisa pa lang po kayo. Tapos bigla kang mahaharap kayo sa mga ganito kalaking cases. So, paano po kaya yung preparation nyo for that? Mental preparation, ganon po. Paano nyo po inahanda yung sarili nyo for that? It's, it's, really, it's really hard to mentally prepare for something that you don't know will come or you don't know will, will, will up, pop up or appear in your clinic one day. 
So the best preparation actually is, you know, being able to read the books, study, know the diseases, know how to treat them, recognize patterns, so that when a patient comes and see you, and then you're able to recognize the patterns, you know what's the diagnosis, you know the treatment. Okay, so sometimes a lot of patients will present with shock, you know, parang when they come to you, parang, oh, sa loblo mo, or ano to, di ba? Parang ganun. Ano to, but when you try to dig into your brain, then dig into what you were able to read already, then you start noticing, ah, okay, this patient has this, this patient has this finding, then you start, you start meshing everything together, and then now you have a diagnosis. When you have a diagnosis, now you have a treatment. And in, in the rare cases that you know, you're not able to really identify what, what's wrong with the patient. You can always go to your colleagues, you know, have a discussion with them, refer the patient to them and talk about it so that, you know, maybe they know something that you don't. Uh, that That's always a very good idea. Ask them and so that they can, they will be able to help you out in managing this patient so that you can provide you know, good medical care for your patient. So, ano talaga, yung rigorous din po talaga yung preparation process pag magkahanda ko sa mga ganitong klaseng cases. Ayan. 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 So, ano po. So, ito naman po. Next question. <laughs> so, ayan. Kapag, ay, ayan. Sorry po. Na, ano lang. <laughs> ano naman po yung mga, ano, frustrating experiences in your field na, ano, Because total, sabi niyo rin po kanina, medyo hindi nga rin po talaga siya ganun ka-hectic compared sa other specialties. So, ano naman po yung parang vision? Kung ano po yung frustrating para po sa specialty ng ophthalmology? Okay, frustrating. Well, I said kanina, ophthalmology is very fulfilling. It is. No? It's, it's a very good field. Uh, in fact, I would... I would recommend for for people who will go into medicine to go into ophthalmology, just because kawanti lang kami na ophthalmologists sa bagi compared to the uh, sa Philippines compared to other specialties. But siguro the most frustrating in ophthalmology, it's not really frustrating, but since ophthalmology is a field that has a lot of equipment, you know, it's it's. Uh, a lot of new technologies coming in. It's one of the fields that, you know, every year there is something new that, you know, will help a patient. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, since this is new, the procedure or, or whatever it is is very expensive or even the equipment is very expensive. Knowing that it will benefit the patient, but the patient cannot uh, have it done or there's really no budget coming from the hospital, or coming from the other institutions to purchase a certain equipment. Uh, so that's what's a little bit frustrating with me because sometimes, it re- as with any specialty, most involve money. Involve money. So we, we still live in a third world country where most of our patients are poor. We do the best we can for them. In fact, at least in, in my institution, in Baguio General Hospital, I would say that we have one of the best equipments or we are best equipped, one of the best equipped hospitals in Northern Luzon. Uh, and we are able to give the best care for patients. But sometimes there's a limit. There's a limit of thing, from the things that we can do and provide for the patients just because my bagay na kulang or my bagay na wala. So I guess 
you could say that but that's a little bit frustrating for me. So, iba rin po pala talaga yung effect kung meron kayong quality materials to work with in your specialty. So, ayun naman po. Ayan. Sa amin din po, ano, nahirapan din po kaming mag-work without quality materials this online setup. Parang kagaya na lang din po nung partner ko. She's experiencing ano, technical difficulties. Kaya mahirap po talagang mag-work during this online setup. So, kaya ayun naman po, which leads me to my next follow-up question. Ano naman po yung mga, ano, parang difficulties na na-experience niyo po during this online setup working in your specialty po? Okay, uh, so we're launching or we're trying to promote Recently, we tried to promote telemedicine. So telemedicine is something like this. So you're talking to the patient through through a video chat like this or some other app. Uh, but for the, the only problem for ophthalmology is we actually use a slit lamp. So it's, it's like a microscope which zooms in or makes the view of the eye magnified. So we check the details there to diagnose the patient. So that's quite actually impossible to do in a setup like this. But most patients, although they are now starting to go and uh, see doctors in the clinic, some patients still don't want to go out. And unfortunately, that actually limits us, limits us in diagnosing cases from from this, from, from a setup like this. Because uh, technically, well, uh, although most patients have smartphones, cameras, they really can take a good picture of their eyes. So that's not going to help us diagnose. We use we just diagnose from the history, from the complaints of the patient. And if there's any doubt, we ask the patient to come in. So telemedicine is a very good option nowadays, but unfortunately for ophthalmology, it's very limited. I see. Well, ayan. So, kagaya nga po ng sabi nyo rin kanina na it's kind of the same every day. So if you have been doing this for se- uh, ilan? seven years, how do you keep your passion for your specialty alive? Po? Okay, uh, well, for one, I like what I do. Okay? So uh-huh. sabi nila, it, it sounds like a cliche, but sabi nila, if you like what you do, it does, it's not work. Diba? Uh, so I like being an ophthalmologist. I like be, I like being an eye doctor. So every time I'm in the clinic, every time I'm in the hospital, I see patients. I like everything that I do, kahit na pa ulit 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 pa yan. But sabi ko nga, like what I said kanina, the spice that I add or nakikita ko that makes my day better or makes my day uh, unique is the different reactions na nakukuha ko from the patients when I treat them when we get a good result or when I tell them what's wrong and they understand it and also the reactions that I see from my residents when I explain to them something and they start getting the idea so yung mga bagay na yan uh, keeps I can I, I, I think you can say keeps the passion alive for the profession no? na kahit pare-pareho those things uh, make the profession better long-lasting at hindi nawawala yung drive mo to do the same things over and over again. Well, and, and plus, to add, well, medicine is actually, to become good in medicine or in, in any field for that matter, mastery is one thing. So mastery is just doing the same things over and over and over and over again until you become really good at it and you master it. So, 
like you strive to become a master or you, you strive to become better every day doing the same things over and over again don't get boring so ayun nga po parang you have to develop yung love and passion talaga for what you do so ayun po aside from that what would you give as an advice for parang students who want to aspire or who aspire to be an ophthalmologist parang what would you tell them in order to parang alik kayo mag ophthalmologist kayo ganun po okay sige ophthalmologist is one of the uh, specialties in medicine that even if you rotate you know as a fourth year medical student as a fifth year intern you rarely get to see the details just because it's everything that we're looking at is so small we use machines or microscopes to look at it it's just now that uh, we're starting to see video and cameras to be able to explain things to patients and students so reading reading on reading on 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 the specialty should maybe ignite your passion you know and uh, looking at the reactions of patients and doctors and how they handle and the reactions when they get good results should make you i think will make you interested in ophthalmology uh, most of the doctors or the student doctors go into the, the main departments like surgery medicine pediatrics obgyn just because the exposure there is longer and they see more things being done there but if you look at the details of ophthalmology like i said kanina it's a very fulfilling a uh, specialty in medicine. So I can assure you if you go into ophthalmology you will be very very happy. Yeah, so parang ako nga po yung nahila. <laughs> parang gusto ko na rin po mag-ophthalmology. Yeah, I will look yeah, into that. Po. <laughs> Sige, hanapin ko po kayo. <laughs> Ayun naman po. Ito naman na po yung final question and it's very meaningful to hear ano po yung passion ninyo po for ophthalmology so ayan dumadako na po tayo sa pinaka pinaka final part na ating podcast it was really wonderful to hear yung what happens in the scene of the ophthalmology specialty tapos yung mga key points or yung mga wonderful things that you have said into this podcast talagang tumatak and hopefully our listeners will also ay gusto kong tumatak sa ating listeners kaya gusto ko po silang i-reiterate ayan sabi naman po ninyo kanina na it is very important to take note ay to be to take note of time management if you want to excel in your chosen specialty and kaya nga rin po nang sinabi nyo na talagang ano, pumukaw po sa aking damdamin na being an ophthalmologist is very fulfilling. Kaya I'll be looking into that po talaga kapag choosing my specialty. Ayan. Tapos parang ang attracting din po talagang pakinggan na ophthalmology is something na hindi talaga siya kasing hectic ng others. Aabangan ko rin po yung mahaba-habang tulog. <laughs> Ayan naman po. So, Thank you, thank you so much, Doc, Doc Carlo, for helping us see the world in the eyes of an ophthalmologist. Ayan, with fun intended po. <laughs> Tapos, I hope na na-enjoy nyo po yung ating short session for today. And hopefully our listeners have also picked up a lot during our podcast. So, ayan naman po. This has been... 
this has been your Chaa from today from Dr. Carlo Egama. And this has been your host, Laika Jezreel. Ayan, and my partner who is currently having technical difficulties, CJ. Ayan naman po. And thank you for pagpapaunlock po sa aming short podcast session. Ayan, thank you po. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been today's episode of My Status Cup of Tea, the podcast. Kaya naman sa inyong mga friends na nabubulag pa rin sa kanilang future, don't forget to like and share this podcast to help them see what their future can be. Stay tuned and see you on our next episodes. My Status Cup of Tea, the podcast is powered by UP Pre-Med Society Baguio Co-presented by Kiraya PH The UPLB Society of Pre-Med Students UP Subol Society Baguio UP Namnama Baguio UP Sikat UP Biology Society And brought to you by Simply Hope